Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's Recruiting Centric Podcast, The Dotted Line. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and sometimes even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined by Land Grant Holy Land recruiting columnist and our resident football coach, Caleb Hauser. Caleb, I appreciate you doing this. You are uh, battling the Rona. So uh, how are you feeling today? I'm, I'm better than most people that have it, so I, I'm, I'm not doing too bad. I got the head cold version, so you know, can't really complain. There's certainly, there's certainly people that are worse off than I am. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you're feeling well. We've had a, a few folks uh, here in uh, LGHL world having to go through it, which seems like at some point everyone's going to end up having it in some form or fashion. So uh, I'm glad you're feeling all right, and I uh, hope everyone out there is staying safe. But we are here today to talk because coming up this week is the traditional National Signing Day. It's kind of lost a lot of its luster, Caleb, over the last few years since we've started getting this early signing period when the vast majority of recruiting classes have signed. At this point, a large part of Ohio State's recruiting class is already on campus taking classes and working out at the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. So as we look towards this traditional National Signing Day, um, which is coming up on Wednesday, what is that, February uh, 2nd? Is it the 2nd, I think? Yeah, Wednesday, yep, February, February 2nd. 2nd. There's really not a ton of news that we expect from the Ohio State Department, but Caleb, there is one Ohio State commit that we expect to still sign on the dotted line this coming Wednesday. Yeah, Carson Hinsman will be signing on Wednesday, so February 2nd, like you said, the more traditional signing period of old, but he is the only player that is expected to exactly sign with Ohio State You know, this coming week, and uh, it's a big deal, too. I mean, with only three offensive linemen in the class before his signature, now they get their fourth, and, and really one of the more national-known names, even though this isn't a, you know, a killer offensive line class for Ohio State in 2022, I still think you know getting him in the fold uh, with new coach Justin Fry being able to lock him up um, is a big deal because like we like we saw during the all-american bowl carson hinsman found out the news of greg shadrawa you know parting ways with ohio state basically the same time everybody else did so you know that, that kind of goes to show the the business of the college football world but being able to sign him you know after getting a new coach out of nowhere for him is a big deal so i know that he was one of those guys that had committed to ohio state but wasn't necessarily 100 ready to sign we had the same thing with omari abor who had said that he was still going to continue to pursue other visits and stuff he is going to be making his official signing even though he committed during the all-american game 
what are we expecting to see from Abor? Is there any smoke that one of those other visits might have led to him potentially flipping his commitment to another school? So the two schools that really kind of stuck out for Abor in terms of still visiting were Florida and Texas. And Texas being the more logical one, just being, you know, that it's, you know, his home state school and he can get there, you know, within the day trip and all that good stuff. But the very fortunate news for Ohio State is he has not scheduled any visits. So, um, you know, if something pops up later this weekend, I guess it's not a total surprise because he did mention that he was, you know, planning on taking other visits, even though he was committed to Ohio State. But the fortunate aspect that's been reported, you know, all week long and even last week is that no visits, new ones at least, have been scheduled for Omari. And that's a big deal. I mean, he's Ohio State's top ranked defensive line commitment in the class. And I think we all know they really needed to reboot, you know, the, the defensive line trenches as well too. you know, getting some more elite talent in there and having Omari Abor in there as the sixth best of his edge rusher position. That, that's a huge deal. So if they're able to sign him and it looks like they are, that that's an absolute total win for you know, Larry Johnson and the, and the coaching staff being able to, you know, lock him up, even though he was, you know, kind of rumored to, to, to still be looking around, if you will, even though he was committed to Ohio State. And there's been so many coaching changes on this Ohio State staff for both of these positions. But, uh, you know, since these two guys committed, Hensman obviously loses his position coach in Greg Sudrawa and Justin Fry comes in. While Larry Johnson didn't leave, everybody else on the defense, including the defensive coordinator, has changed for Omari Abor. How much have those relationships um, one with Abor and Johnson remaining tight, and then with Hensman developing something with Fry, been in you know officially getting these guys to the finish line if they do eventually sign, um, even though they had the opportunity to go somewhere else after all of these changes. Yeah, I think you look at like you said with Omari and Larry Johnson. I mean, Larry Johnson. I mean, I think we've we've hit on that so many times. Probably every podcast really just he's a he's a topic of discussion and really everything you talk about when it comes to recruiting, but just his ability to keep guys locked in. And I think obviously his track record of success is one of the main emphasis points that recruits are looking at, but the way that he builds relationships with these kids is second to none. I mean, he, he gets on, he gets on from the start and keeps them on until the very end. And he's done a wonderful job with Amari. And like we said, you know, if a, if a surprise visit ends up happening even today or tomorrow or something, it's not totally out of the water just because he's mentioned it. But the fact that no, scheduled visits have popped up where nothing's been leaked, even though he's been committed for a couple of weeks now. I just think that's a total tremendous feat for Larry Johnson, you know, to be able to fend off the other suitors, you know, this late in the process. And then I think you touched on it too with Hensman. I mean, coaches, coaches Drawa, you know, leaving basically at the same time that they were, you know, trying to fix everything on the defense out of nowhere, really. I mean, Carson Hinsman finds that out the same time as all the fans do. I mean, that that's that's pretty incredible for him to be locked in to the class, even though that kind of a change that's really going to affect his, you know, his status at Ohio State for the next couple of years. I mean, he's going to have a total new position coach as the same guy that was, you know, recruiting him just, you know, a couple of weeks before. So I mean, that's that's a huge change. But I think Ryan Day, you know, had Justin Fry hit on the head right away with Carson and let him know, like, you know, just because, you know, we're changing coaches here doesn't mean your status needs to change or our plan for you is going to change. And I think that's a big deal for, you know, Carson to, like I said, with Amari to be locked in this late in the game with all the changes that are surrounding it. You know, it's, it's a really good feat for Ohio state again, but you know, something that they needed to do being that these are two important positions in the class that they definitely need to keep, you know, rebooting on. Yeah. And if these two guys sign, that's really the only thing that's really up in the air because everything else is essentially settled for Ohio state. And unless something major happens with maybe Texas 
um, or their decommitments from Georgia or something. Ohio State is pretty much locked in at the number four class in the country, which is uh, a pretty good uh, considering the fact that at this point they've got 21 commits, and if they pick up those two, that'll be 23. All of the schools ahead of them, Texas A&M, Alabama, and Georgia, all have more. A&M and Georgia have 27 at this point. Alabama has 24. Ohio State has 21 currently. So the fact that they are sitting there at number four ahead of Texas, who has 28 commits, um, it's a pretty a, a pretty good uh, haul for Ohio State. They would actually, if things as of now, they'd come in actually third in terms of the per player average uh, in this year's recruiting class. So despite all of the ups and downs, despite all of the, the changes, it sounds like the coaching staff, new and old, has been able to kind of hold on to everybody uh, and really put together a really solid class that, as you said earlier, has some guys that you know are really going to help sure up some positions. As you look at this class as a whole, especially now that we've seen some of these um, new rankings that have come out either from 24-7 in terms of their composites or on three released all of their, their updated rankings, as we look back on it, assuming Hensman and Abor do officially become part of the class, um, what are your thoughts about this class? What are the strengths? Where are the weaknesses? What do they have to look for uh, in, in 2023? Um, and, and kind of give us a real quick sum up before we move on to uh, the other classes. Yeah, I'll get this one out of the way right away, being that I'm a receivers coach. Um, and that's obviously people are probably like, well, that's common sense. You're going to start with the receiver position first, but I just look yeah. at what they have at receiver again. And it's just, it's, it's truly incredible. I mean, you've got Caleb Brown, Kion Grays, Kojo Anchui, Caleb Bird. I mean, all of these guys are top level receivers. And the fact that Brian Hartline wasn't able just to bring in, you know, one or two, but to be able to bring in four national elite prospects in the receiver position, again, stacked on top of what he just did last year with the Marvin Harrison juniors of the world, that kind of class and the Mecca Ibuka. I just think it's, it's truly incredible. I mean, yes, they needed to bring in, you know, at least two or three guys with, you know, the absences of Chris Olave leaving and Garrett Wilson, obviously leaving. And, you know, Again, we saw last year with Jamison Williams leaving out of nowhere, um, those kind of things. You're always going to need the depth there. But just the fact that he's able to stack these classes back to back, it's he's the best in the business. And I mean, a household name that everyone obviously once we saw Notre Dame try to come after him. And I'm just glad Ohio State's able to keep him around for you know a little while longer. But um, in addition to the receivers, um, I think on the offensive side of the ball, I kind of have to look right at Devin Brown. I mean, the way that he surged up the rankings this late in the game, I think just proves that Ryan Day truly is incredible. Like Brian Hartline is with receivers. Ryan Day is incredible when it comes to recruiting and developing the quarterback position. I mean, kind of woe is me, if you will. Like, oh my gosh, you know, they lose Quinn Ewers, you know, to the class. What are they going to do in the 2022 class? They, they got to go and get someone. I mean, Brian Day just goes out and says, ah, no problem. I'll get another top five, you know, quarterback in the nation. And, and Devin Brown looks to be you know to to fit the bill of the next great you know signal caller under the center so you know hats off on the offensive side of the ball um, I think defensively the thing I'm looking at the most is linebackers um, I, I think that's another common sense one if you look at the if you look at what's been on the roster lately and just how it hasn't panned out to be you know up to snuff if you will I mean it's really not that silver bullet type of linebacker core that they have right now I think of guys you know like CJ Hicks obviously that it, you know we're expecting him to come in and maybe even as a freshman really go in there and challenge not only to play but to be a difference maker so you, you got to give you know a tip of the cap to the defensive side of the ball able to keep you know really keep humming with these linebackers, even though Al Washington is gone now. I, I do think Jim Knowles is going to be able to just absolutely hit home runs when it comes to guys like CJ Hicks, because 
we saw what he did at Oklahoma state. And I, and I don't mean to, you know, bash Oklahoma state, but I mean, he even said it. I mean, what they were doing was with three, three and every once in a while, a four-star guy, but the most of their defense was built up of three-star guys and what he was able to do with that kind of a crew. It just, I guess, gives me excitement for, you know, thinking what he can do with the CJ Hicks of the world, who is, you know, the seventh best player overall and at the linebacker spot. So we talk about all of these changes on the coaching staff, and I think one of the things that had legitimate concern from a lot of Buckeye fans was whether these coaches were going to be able to continue the recruiting prowess that Ohio State has had, because very few of them, if any of them, have had had to recruit at the level that Ohio State wants to recruit at. The one coach who has, it hadn't been for like 10, 15 years. But we've seen that they have been out in full force as an entire staff, sending out offers to all of the best players in the country. What has been your takeaway from the first, I don't know, what, two, three weeks of this new coaching staff when it comes to how active they've been, what type of players that they've been going after, and and what you're hearing in terms of how they've been connecting with guys that they more than likely haven't had much of a time to build a relationship with before coming to Columbus. Yeah, simply put, I mean, it's, it's just been hard to keep up with, if you will. I mean, I, I know, you know, this past week I did, you know, two stories on state secrets and both of them had at least four new offers and one of them had seven. So, I mean, that, that's incredible. I mean, seven offers and we do these every day. I mean, I hope that people are reading our state secrets, yeah. understand that these are every single morning. It's a brand new edition of it. So seven offers in one day. I mean, that's, that's truly incredible. Now I realize, you know, some of these offers are going out and they're not committable offers. And I think some people need to understand that while seven of them might go out in one day, maybe three or four, maybe all seven, but maybe three or four of those are, we'll take you right now type of deals. And a lot of times these offers are, Hey, we're offering you a scholarship, but more than anything, this means, Hey, we're recruiting you. We're taking notice of you. We want you to come to campus. So now we can build a relationship with you. It's not a, Hey, here's an offer. Commit to us today type thing. And Ohio state does a really good job of like we talked about building those relationships over time. But I mean, you look at the class right now, they have eight running backs that have offers, 15 receivers that have offers, eight tight ends that have offers. I mean, you just, and you go down the list. I mean, offensive tackle alone, there's nine. That's not even including all of the offensive linemen. I mean, they have nine offers right now out to just offensive tackles. So I think you go down that list and you look at how many offers they've sent out. It's impressive. And it's more so now that it's early on with these new coaching staffs. It's not just the coaching staff coming in and saying, Hey, we like this player at our former stop. Let's go ahead and get in on them. It's Ohio state finally being able to say, okay, 22 is almost in the books. Now we're on to 2023 totally. And we're able to do more, you know, full evaluations and, and get in with these guys and be able to spend a little bit more prioritizing time with those guys. And we've seen it, we've seen it, it it's worked and it's, those offers are going out left and right. And I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. As you are starting to kind of chronicle all of these offers that are being put out, whether they are committable or not, have you ever, have you been able to kind of see any patterns in terms of like, who are the type of guys they're going after? Where are they from? Has there been anything in terms of the, the patterns and the the strategy or even like how they're deploying them? Like, cause I know Knowles has actually been out on the road a little bit. And the, the word was, is that he's probably not going to be involved in recruiting all that much, but it seems like he actually has been going out and making some visits. So has there been any takeaways that you've seen in these first few weeks as to uh, how this new group is approaching recruiting? 
Yeah, I think one thing that I look at is is kind of like where they're at geographically. And then, you know, for for example, this week, I mean, they're in on Richard Young. That is the top running back mm-hmm. in the class. He's from Lehigh, you know, Florida goes to Lehigh High School. That is a guy that they have wanted, you know, tenfold. I mean, Ryan Day has been to visit him multiple times. Tony Alford, I feel like probably has an apartment down there with how many times he's been at his school. And we saw this week. Once again, Ohio State was back in Florida at Lehigh High School and offered another athlete in the same class, 2023, and his name is Kelton Anderson. He's not even a ranked athlete in the 2023 class, but he does have you know up, upwards of like seven offers right now. Florida State's in on him, Ole Miss, South Carolina, Miami. And I think that's, you know, again, this is a player that they probably are thinking this might not be a take for us right now. But this is a player that we see his offer list. We see what he can do on the field. This is someone we want to keep a relationship with. And, you know, the added benefit is if we can get Richard Young, maybe this becomes a package deal. Or, you know, if we can't only get one of them, this is a school that obviously is producing elite talent. We want to be a force in this school. And the more players we offer, the more times we're at that school, the better relationships we can build with that coaching staff and so on. So you kind of see it as not like building a pipeline, if you will, because they haven't had any players from that specific high school commit to them uh, before, but it, it's one of those things where maybe they're trying to get in there more often and, and start to build something. So I think geographically, you just look at who they're offering, if you will, and then kind of see, you know, are there players in that in that offer pool that are also a part of the same high school? Or are they from the same area? That kind of thing. But yeah, it, it's been fun to watch. I mean, there's been so much to watch, but I mean, you look at receivers and a lot of what they've been doing has been in Texas. I mean, I feel like Heartline has offered five or six kids from Texas just in the last couple of weeks in Florida as well. So you look at the inroads of where they're at, Texas and Florida are kind of the big ones. And then on the offensive line, you look over in the Northeast and we see, you know, obviously Charlie or coach Justin Fry has got some ties there with, you know, Ryan day coaching um, at Boston college and temple and that, and that kind of thing in that area, they've been offering some offensive linemen from, you know, from that pool as well too. And I think the last one I'll hit on is, um, and I'm going to draw a blank on his name. I got to get his name again, but he's another DeMatha product from Maryland and he is from the same school as Chase Young. So, and I want to say that was also this week they offered him. I think he's a 2024 kid. So, uh, you know, going back to DeMatha Catholic where you get Chase Young, now you're offering another defensive end, uh, you know, from the same high school prep pro- prospect. So that's, again, you know, just familiarity from the coaching staff and being able to go back to places they've had success before or, you know, try to build new success routes in, in other new programs. Yeah, I think that guy's name is Jason Moore. He's the 17th yep. defensive line prospect to receive an offer from Ohio State in 2023, according to uh, That's what I mean. Warriors. I'm already yeah. forgetting his name, and I just wrote about him this week. So, I mean, that just yeah. shows you how, how fast they've been, you know, on the trail and how many kids they've been after yeah he's uh considered the 44th best player and the seventh best defensive lineman in the 2023 cycle so uh get in there before uh the terrapins can jump in there because uh anybody from dematha that maryland gets involved with we have to have some sort of rivalry with because uh of all that junk with chase young a few years ago but um i will say uh, I am only about two and a half hours away from Lehigh Acres in Florida. So if Tony Alford wants to just stay with me when he comes down, I'm more than happy to put him up in my guest room. There he we is go. Always the staff out. Yeah, anything for the Buckeyes. Um, all right, so let's wrap this up, Caleb. Who do you think is – I'm not asking for like the next boom, although if you have one, that would be awesome. But just in general, like who do you think is the next big guy – that Ohio State is going to start to gain some momentum with. Who of this list that now that we turn the page from 2022 to 2023, who's the next guy that really becomes um, either somebody who 
the coaches really dive in on even more than they already have, or somebody who be, maybe becomes the CJ Hicks of this class. Who do you think is somebody to keep an eye on as this 2023 cycle really gets revved up? Sure. I, I'll go back to the receiver spot just because I've been looking at Brian Hartline, uh, you know, more so than other position coaches because I'm enamored by what he's doing. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing that I'm looking at right now is they don't have a receiver commit yet. And Obviously, it's early. I mean, if we're talking January of 2022, these kids aren't even going to sign for another year. So, I mean, these it's early on. But we've seen with the transfer portal and the early signing period, a lot of times these kids are deciding, I need to commit earlier to reserve my spot because, I mean, shoot, we see it. A lot of these schools are saying, you know what, I'm going straight transfer portal, you know, way like Michigan State's doing. I mean, they're they're barely recruiting high school prospects yeah. right now because they're so, you know, delved with the transfer portal and, and, you know, teach their own. I don't think that's the the body of work that you always want to, you know, bank on. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. And Ohio State has been in on Carnell Tate, IMG Academy, but he's originally from Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a receiver they've been in on from the get go. But. This week, there was some news, you know, popping up about seven on seven camps. And one of those players that popped up was Brandon Innes. He's the top number one receiver in the class, the ninth best player in the country. And he said, you know, per reports that he's still interested in Ohio State and he's not, you know, banked on anything. We saw him obviously commit to Oklahoma, but since Lincoln Riley has gone from Oklahoma to USC, he, he committed from Oklahoma and now it's kind of anyone's game again, whether or not you know that's a good thing or a bad thing for other schools, you know, within the state of Florida, I do think Ohio state legit has a chance here. And if anyone can do it, we've seen Brian Hartline doing, you know, over and over again with, you know, landing top receivers. So it's been a, it's been what now uh, over a year since he's landed the actual top receiver in the class, Unacceptable. Uh, but it, yeah, exactly. Right. So, but if he can do it again with Brandon Innes, I mean, I, I think that's incredible. Just knowing that, you know, one time he was an Oklahoma commit, you know, and, and with the Lincoln Riley news there, he's, you know, reopened his recruitment, but that's one that I'm looking at just in terms of not a boom, if you will, like you said, but something I'm just really wanting to see, you know, can they get in on him again, you know, in a way that makes it look like Ohio state's got more than just a puncher's chance. So I'm, I'm kind of watching that one real close because of how, how many receivers they've already, you know, offered with being, you know, now that it's near 20 guys that they've offered. So um, he's definitely one that I'm really looking at. Yeah. I would imagine that would be uh, a, a committable offer. To Brandon Ennis. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Today, tomorrow, yesterday, whenever you want. <laughs> yeah. That's not one that you got to wait on, but nope, absolutely not. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Lands, the Dotted Line podcast. Also, Caleb, thank you, of course, for getting up and doing this despite being under the weather. Uh, if you're finding this episode on LandGrantHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are cranking out an episode literally every single day with varied and unique perspectives and voices that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. I don't think we're going to have a ton of news coming up on Wednesday signing day, but anything we do have, you will find on the pages of LGHL. Don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWW Matt. Caleb, where can people find you on social media? Caleb Hauser and I would love to stop by. And, you know, if anyone wants to talk recruiting, I'm always there. And I got a little bit extra time, so I can't go to school uh, until midweek this week. I'd love to, you know, fill some time with some recruiting questions. So hopefully people will stop by and take advantage. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, go by. Thanks.